you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you to turn in them, please, to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And in praying about this morning's service, the Lord put this passage on my heart, and this subject has been in my spirit for, for several months, and, and I have not had an opportunity to minister on this subject. But 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse, beginning with verse 3, and we'll read through verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, if you're there, say amen. amen. And Peter writing, and he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You've got an inheritance today that's reserved just for you. And Peter said in verse 5, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto, a, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I'll read verse 5 again. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, or really in these last days. And this morning for a few minutes, I want to minister in the subject of the keeping power of God. <clears throat> the keeping power of God. I just want to let you know today from the very beginning that every single one of us are here this morning, every one of us from the pulpit to the pew, every one of us are here this morning because of the keeping power of God. Mm. Come on. Hallelujah. I want to minister on that this morning. Would you pray with me today? Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. And God, we're so thankful for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, that it is well with our soul. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. And I ask you, Lord, for your anointing to minister, for clarity of thought and speech. I pray that, God, that your word would go forth and pierce our hearts today. That, God, your anointing would not just be upon me, the messenger, but, Lord, let your anointing rest upon us who receive. In the name of Jesus, here and all around the world, I pray, God, for your anointing, Lord, to go through that television camera, through that radio, and touch that one who is listening and watching, and touch us here today in this church. And we believe you, Lord, for great things. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. You know, have you ever, have you ever looked back over your life the older you get, I feel like I, I do that every once in a while. I look back over my life and I, I just think about the things that God has brought me through. You ever done that before? If you haven't, I suggest you do it. <laughs> look back over your life and you look at the things that you've been through. Maybe things that happened in your life before you were saved. Maybe things that happened in your life while you were saved, but you, you look back over your life and the, the events that took place, things that should have destroyed you. 
things that should have totally caused you to lose your mind. And maybe you felt like you didn't lose it. But I just want to remind you today, you're here today. You're right here. <laughs> you're not, we don't have padded walls. You're not in a straitjacket. But you're here lifting up holy hands, worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That is because of the keeping power of God. Every one of us can look back over our life at, at things that have taken place, whether before you were saved or after you were saved, maybe things that physically could have happened. That accident that should have, took, should have taken your life, but it didn't. That inner struggle on the inside, that addiction in which you should, when you, when you overdosed, you should have died, but you didn't. You should have pulled the trigger, but you didn't. Things that took place before you were saved, things that took place after you were saved. And I, in pre preparation for this message, I just thought about some of the things, and every one of us, if we got up, we could, we could spend, the, I mean, the rest of our life just telling about all that God has brought us through. But I look back in my life, and I, I'm, I'm just standing in amazement that I'm even here today. And you can do the same thing. You can stand in amazement. Are you, are you, are you, do you just stand in amazement that you're actually alive? Come on, somebody. That they're actually alive. You should be dead. You should be six foot under, but you're alive today. Come on, somebody give God praise for his keeping power. You might say, well, Brother Bob, you don't understand what I'm going through, but I want to tell you, at least you're here. At least you're here. And you're praising the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you still believe in him. And you still love him. That's not your power that did that. That was his power that brought you to this place. My God. Hallelujah. And I look back at some of the things that happened in my life and all of our life. We're all different. We have different backgrounds, but... And I won't go through all the store, all, all of it, but you've heard me share some of it. But when I was 15 years old, in a tragic car accident, I should have died. I hit my head and fell out of a vehicle going about 60 miles an hour, hit my head in a guardrail, and should have died instantly. Should have died instantly. The neurological doctor that was treating me told my mother, who was a nurse, herself, who's retired now, but she worked in the ER for many years, and she knew when she saw me that if God didn't intervene, that her son, her 15-year-old son, was going to die a premature early death. And the neurological doctor told my mother that if he even comes, if he even wakes up out of this, if he even makes it, he'll never be the same again because of the trauma that's, that's, took, that's taken place. 
because of the injury that's taken place. He'll be dependent on medicine. He'll, be, he'll never be the same again if he even comes out of it. And I'm making this short. Jesus walked into that emergency room, and he touched me, the great physician. The great physician. I didn't see him with my eyes, but I felt the result of it. My God, he walked into that ER in Syracuse, New York, and he touched me, and he began to heal me. Whereas they said, if he even makes it, he'll never be the same again, and he'll be in the hospital for months, if not longer. We're not even sure. The Lord Jesus healed me, and I was out of that hospital in four days. That is the keeping power of God. You have your own testimonies, things that that have taken place spiritually things that have taken place in your own life, spiritual battles, inner battles on the inside. Maybe nobody else even knows about them, but things that for years, maybe in the past or even in the present, in which Satan is using to try to destroy your faith because that's what the enemy does. He doesn't play games. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And you can look back in your own life and look at the battles that have taken place on the inside, things that have taken place to you on the inside. And you can, and, but, but, but again, you're, you're still, you're here. That battle did not destroy you. You're here. What is that? That is the keeping power of God. That is the keeping power of God. And I know every one of us, the thoughts can arise. Well, I, Brother Bob, I know. I know people who didn't make it. And I know people who who have died premature. I know people who have had accidents happen to them, and they did die prematurely. But we serve a big God that knows their heart. And there's always consequences to sin. But let me tell you something. You and I have to look at our own life and just think, Lord, why am I even here? How did I even make it to this point? It wasn't me. It was his keeping power. It was his keeping power. David said in Psalm 103, in verses 1 and 2, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And one of the benefits that God has for you and I is that he keeps us. He protects us. Come on, somebody. He guards us. When you and I were messed up, And you were in that place of of confusion. And maybe some of you are in that place today. But some of you, we we can look back in our own life and look at the times of confusion and discouragement. And the, that, that those times in which you, you should have, you in the natural, in your own strength, you should have walked away. And maybe you did. 
but there was a hand. There was an unseen hand that was holding you the whole time. And you might have been like Peter and said, I don't even know him, and I'm walking away. But God had a long arm. My God. Hallelujah. What was that? That was the keeping power of God. I will never, ever forget, and some of you heard me share this in over the years, but I'll never forget that time in 1995, the summer of 1995. I graduated here from WEBC in 95, and I moved to California <clears throat> where I was a youth pastor there for about a year, and I was a youth pastor here in, in Baton Rouge in another church for about two and a half years before I graduated, and graduated and felt the Lord open that door and went out there, and, and it was the most difficult year of my life. And a major part of it is because I didn't understand the cross as it concerned sanctification. And I faced the sin nature. I didn't know. I, I knew it was sin, but I didn't, I didn't understand. The, I didn't understand the whole grace and law issue for sanctification. I didn't understand the cross for sanctification. My thinking at that time was, if I've got a problem, I need to just pray through. And there's, there's a truth that we need to pray through at times. I'm not demeaning that. But prayer in and of itself is not the victory. That may offend some of you. I know it offended me when I first heard that. But prayer in and of itself is not the victory. The Christian disciplines and the doing of them is not the victory. Our victory alone is the blood of Jesus. And our dependence in what he did at Calvary. I did not understand that for my daily life. And I found myself experiencing inner turmoil and sin. I find myself going, as a youth pastor, going places and doing things in which the details of it I can't even describe, but I found myself doing things, sin reigning in me, and I was discouraged to say the least. I was defeated. I was crushed, and I got to the point that I couldn't even pray for five minutes. Or leading up to that time, leading up to that time, there were days in which I would pray up to eight hours a day, literally eight hours. And I'm not talking about praying while I'm working. I'm talking about literally praying for eight hours a day and fasting. And why? It's because I was wanting victory. And the Lord wasn't giving me the victory. And, I because, and the reason why is because I was in reality trusting in myself and didn't even realize it. And Romans 7 was taking place in my life. And it was ruining me. It was crushing me. And it brought me to the place where I couldn't even pray again for five minutes. Well, why that? Because my thinking was, if I've cried out to the Lord sometimes for up to eight hours, and he didn't hear me. He's not answering my prayer. Why even cry out to him at all? Hello? 
And the devil began to throw lies at me, lie after lie after lie, that, that this whole God thing's even a, it's a, it's a big myth. And it's not true. If it's true, then he would have answered you. But he's not answering you, and you might as well just walk away. And it climaxed months and months of that, and really, in a sense, years of that, but the the intensity of it, of months, it climaxed one day. I was in the room where I was, the house where I was living at, pacing back and forth. And I said, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me because I'm about to walk away from you. In my own experience at that time, I was seriously, I was seriously considering just walking away from this God thing altogether. Because I had believed the lie that if I, if I, because all I wanted to do, I wanted to just be happy. <laughs> That's what most people want, right? <laughs> I just want to live a life in which I'm not miserable. I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. Living for God. This whole Christian, I'm miserable. I was a completely miserable Christian on the inside. On the outside, I put the face on. But on the inside, I was, tor- I was being tormented. And I, that one day, I said, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me. And the Lord, in just a few moments, his Holy Spirit began to sing a song to me. The Lord brought me back to when I was a little boy in Sunday school in Phoenix Baptist Church in Phoenix, New York. There's a Phoenix, New York, not just in Arizona. A little small Baptist church where I got saved in the basement of that church. My Aunt Carol led me to the Lord when I was five years old. And the Lord brought me back to that time. And when I, when I was a little boy in Sunday school, I heard the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And the Holy Spirit began to sing to me, Jesus loves me, this I know. I'm, I can't sing, but you're going to have to bear with me anyway. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And he began to sing that song. And I tell you what, in a moment, in a moment, that doubt and all, all that confusion, it flew out the window in a moment. Because when he, when he told me, when he reconfirmed his love, the fact that he loved me, I tell you, you know what came? Faith came back. Hope came back. It was a moment, just one moment in my life, I look back and I, I think I should not have made it through that in the natural. I should not have made it through that. I shouldn't even be here. It was then that I should have walked away. But there was an unseen hand that was holding me. 
protecting me. You see, the protection of God, the keeping power of God, it doesn't mean that we won't go through trials. It doesn't mean that we won't be attacked by the enemy. That's not the keeping power of God. But the keeping power of God is this, that when the enemy attacks and when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, he'll still be there. As David said, even if if I make my bed in hell, Behold, you're there. His keeping power doesn't mean that trials won't come, doesn't mean the enemy won't attack, and that God won't allow those things, but it doesn't mean this. His keeping power, it means that he is holding you, he's guarding you so that your faith won't be destroyed. So that your faith, that basic element of faith on the inside won't be destroyed. Some of you walked away from God and you backslid. But there was a long arm that reached out and brought you back. What was that? That was the keeping power of God. My God. Hallelujah. keeping power of God. I just want to read to you some, what I refer to as keeping verses in the Bible. Genesis 15 and verse 1, this is what the Lord told Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your, what? Shield and great, your exceedingly great reward. He told Abraham that. I am your shield, Abram. Psalm 5 and verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Oh, I love this one. Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8, where the psalmist said this. He said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Come on, somebody. The Lord, he said, he that keeps Israel, and you are spiritual Israel, he said he neither slumbers nor sleep. He is your guard. He is protecting you. He said, the Lord is thy keeper, and the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil and shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. One last one, Psalm 124. And I'm going to ask if they can put this one on the screen because I want us to read this one together. I'm going to borrow what Gabe did a couple weeks ago. (laughs) 
And I want us to read Psalm 124 together, verse by verse, because it speaks about the keeping power of God. Verse 1, let's read it together. It says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now Israel may say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, in verse 3, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Verse 5. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. It's taking some time. <laughs> Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as prey to their teeth. Mm. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Mm. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mm. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him praise for his keeping power. He said, our soul is escaped from the, as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. You know, Peter, when he made that statement in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, when he said, who are kept by the power of God, that word kept, it means, it means to guard, to protect. It means to, act, to actively display whatever defensive or offensive means are necessary to protect. The word picture is a military soldier whose sole purpose is to protect, to guard, and to keep one from the desire of the enemy. The idea is this. The idea is like that of a bodyguard a personal bodyguard that their sole purpose is to protect you from anything that would try to hurt you. A personal bodyguard. This morning, you have a personal bodyguard, and his name is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You have one that is keeping you. You can't see it. We can't see it with the natural eye. Sometimes we don't even know it's there. But as the psalmist said in Psalm 512, he said, His favor surrounds us like a shield. Like a shield. I just want to remind you today that sometimes, again, you, there's been times in your life that you... That the, that the shield of God's favor, his protecting power, has felt like it doesn't even exist. And you know the devil's on a leash, but you feel like the devil has a long leash. <laughs> and you feel like, where is the protecting power of God? But the protecting power of God is still there. And he has, brought, he has put a hedge 
around you as his child. He has drawn a circle around you and said basically everything in that circle is mine. You have been redeemed with the blood of Jesus. You are God's possession. And he protects, he preserves, and he guards his possession. Mm. And more than anything, what we have over our life is the blood of Jesus. And there's nothing that can break the blood. I said there's nothing, there's no attack of the enemy, there's no inner warfare on the inside that can, that can, that can bypass the blood of Jesus. And the psalmist said as well in Psalm 34 and verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. He's encamped around you today. Hallelujah. I said he's encamped around you. Why are you even here today? Again, it's because of the keeping power of God. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory. The keeping power of God. Why did you make it? Because of God, his keeping power. Mm. You know, he... When he said here the kids is kept by the power of God, that word kept is in the present tense, in the passive mood, in the Greek, and what that means in simple terms is this. It means that God is continually keeping you and protecting you. Present tense means it's happening continually, not just on Sundays, <laughs> but on Monday. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he is protecting you. He's shielding you. He, the, the, the passive moon means that it's him that's doing it, not you yourself. It's him that's keeping you. It's him that's protecting you. Mm. And God is keeping us. This morning, in every way, the fact that you and I are even here this morning is evidence of the keeping power of God, physically, mentally, spiritually. But I want to tell you something this morning, that the, that the thing that God is protecting in our lives more than anything else is our faith in him. That's what God is keeping and protecting more than anything else is your simple, that simple element of faith in Christ that you have in your heart. That's what he's guarding and protecting and put a hedge around more than anything else. Why? It's because, as Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please him. And I want to tell you this morning that without faith in him, without that simple basic element of belief and trust in Christ and the fact that God is, the fact that he sent his son and died for our sins and rose from the dead, the fact that you believe in his word, that simple basic element of faith is the most important thing that you have. Because without it, you lose everything. 
I'm going to say it again. Because without that basic element of faith and trust in him, you and I, we lose it all if we don't believe in him. And so the number one thing that Satan will try to destroy in our life is that basic seed of faith in our heart in him. And the fact that he died for us and rose from the dead, the fact that he's our Savior, the fact that he's our sanctifier, and the fact that he's coming again for us. He's attacking that seed of faith to try to weaken it, to ultimately try to destroy it. Because if you lose faith, you lose it all. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said this. He said this in Mark Chapter 8 and verse 36, he said, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but lose his own soul? What shall it profit a person if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And the only way that you and I can gain or have anything from God, the only way that you and I, a poor person, you know this, can be saved. It's by simple faith for whosoever, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the core of your walk with God. The fact that you believe in him, the fact that you trust him, the fact that you believe that he died for your sin, the fact that you believe that he is the answer to every solution, spirit, soul, body, financially, in marriage, in everything. He is the answer, Jesus, and you believe in that. If you don't have that, you lose everything. There have been so many over the years that have looked at the riches of the world. The rich young ruler is a perfect example of that. Had the riches of the world. Jesus said at the end of the conversation with that rich young ruler, he, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take all, give up all your riches, just give it up. And follow me. The Bible says the rich man walked away sad because he had much riches. He walked away sad. And the reason why is because he he believed the lie that his riches were more important than simple faith in Jesus Christ. What gets us everything that God has for us, what, what what, what, what God looks at more than anything else in our life is that simple faith in him. And what God is guarding in your life this morning is that simple element of faith. He's guarding that. He's protecting that. He's put a shield around that. The reason why he's protected you physically at times, it's to protect that seed of faith on the inside. And Peter said, who are kept here, he said, who are kept by the power of God through faith 
That means that God works in our life through that basic element of faith. But understand this this morning, and don't interpret this statement to mean that it's because of our great faith that God has kept us. Because the reality is this, when you and I didn't have, or when you and I, our faith was so weak, and you and I were confused and discouraged, God was keeping you. Mm. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. When you were discouraged, when you and I didn't know what to do, when we, we, when, when we had no clue what to do, he, that hedge, you couldn't see it, but there was a hedge around you. You had God the Father for you. You had the Holy Spirit in you. You had Jesus with you, and you had his angels encamped all around you. And he was protecting you. He was protecting your faith ultimately to ultimately mature your faith. It wasn't because of our great faith. It's not our great faith that keeps us. It's his great power. And again, what he is keeping, what he's protecting in you is your simple trust in him. Don't ever stop trusting him. Don't ever stop trusting him. I'm going to say it again. Don't ever stop trusting him. And you and I can believe him for everything. I said you and I can believe him for everything. Unsaved loved ones to be saved. Miracles in their lives. Miracles in our life. Whatever you have need of, you can trust him. Because the reality is if if God loved us so much that he gave his own son to die at Calvary, Paul said at the the end of Romans 8, then how much more will, will he not freely give us all things? You can believe him for more. But just trust him. Trust him. He was keeping us even when our faith was weak. (laughs) And the reason why he keeps our faith more than anything else ultimately is to mature our faith. He protects it to mature it. He protects it to mature it. I said he, he protects it for it to grow. It's just like a a little, uh, a little baby lion that has been born, and that mother lion will do, I tell you, don't go around that baby lion because mama lion is right there. Why? Is she's protecting that baby lion because that lion came from her. It's her own. And that mother lion wants that baby lion not to stay a baby forever, but to grow up and mature, and God has kept you in order for you to mature and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He kept you, he kept your faith to bring you to the point that you would understand the cross for sanctification. Hello? 
for all, come on, somebody, for all those years that you didn't understand. And some of you, some of you believed everything that every Tom, Dick, and Harry preached from the pulpit. And you believed that you, some of you believed in the angel dust. Some of you believe that you can confess it and just make it happen. Hello? Some of you believe that you can work so hard that you could do enough to earn victory. And for years, you were in that place. What was God doing? He was keeping you. He was guarding you. (laughs) It's not because you and I... It's not because you and I are so great. It's not because our faith was even so great, because it wasn't. But his power is great. His redeeming work at Calvary is great. And he brought you, he kept you to bring you to the place where you would understand. Mm. Where you would understand it. You know, about 30 years, about 30 years before Peter wrote these words, a little over 30 years before Peter wrote these words, Jesus, in the upper room discourse, had told the disciples one last time that he was going to be crucified and taken, and the chief priests would deliver him over to the Gentiles, and that Jesus would be crucified. But the third day he would rise from the dead. And Peter, in his his bold sincerity, (laughs) he said, Jesus, it doesn't matter if everyone else walks away from you. I will stay with you. I'll go to prison with you. I'll even die with you, Jesus. Jesus looked into the eyes of Peter and said, Peter, before the the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And you know what happened? That's exactly what happened. Because Peter, even though he was sincere, Peter, like all of us, his confidence was actually more in himself. And what Peter didn't realize is that Peter's faith would be tested. At the cross, revolving around the cross, his faith would be tested like, like, like it would never be tested in his life. It was the greatest test of his faith. But this is what Jesus told Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Mm. Peter, Satan's desired you to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. Why? That That your faith fail not. And he said this. And when you are converted. The word converted doesn't mean to get saved again. It means to return. It means this. And when you return, Peter, 
strengthen the brethren. Mm. And this morning, yeah, no, no, we're not the Apostle Peter. We're who we are. But there is one, an intercessor, Jesus, who has prayed for you that your faith fail not. He's prayed for you. He's standing in the gap. He's standing, he's sitting, that is, at the right hand of God the Father making intercession for you. Just his presence is making intercession for you. How? In this way that your faith fail not. That you wouldn't give up in the fight. That even though you're going through it and, you're in the, and the enemy's attacking you, in trying to steal that which God has placed in your heart. He's prayed for you that your faith fail not. And he said to Peter, when you return, Peter, strengthen the brethren. (laughs) Again, God's keeping power doesn't mean that we won't go through trials, but it doesn't mean this. It just means that your faith won't be destroyed in the trial. It doesn't mean that he won't keep us from being attacked by the enemy or by confusion or by discouragement, but it does mean this, that he's keeping you from being so overwhelmed by it that you just walk away completely. Singers, musicians, please come back. He's keeping you. And some of you this morning, you can say, well, Brother Bob, I know somebody who walked away. And I know people myself that have walked away. I'm talking about believers. I'll never forget it. Back in the early 90s, a man and his wife moved here from another state to support this ministry. They loved what God was doing. On fire for the Lord. But he got here, and after a few years, he began to hear some things and, 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 and some, some disgruntled Believers <laughs> began to feed into his mind garbage, and he began to get offended. And all of a sudden, he, and after a while, he began to go on certain websites that, that dealt with atheism. And get this, he was a brother, I could name him today. I know him, I think he still lives in the area, and I hope he's watching. But he was a man that was on fire for God. But he walked away from Jesus. From the last I knew, he walked away completely and became an atheist. He boldly proclaimed, I don't even believe in that Jesus anymore. And every one of us who can say that we know people that have walked away. But I want to tell you, God has a long arm. I said God has a long arm. And there are consequences to sin. But I tell you, God sees the heart. Will you stand to your feet today? God sees the heart. And this morning, God has kept you. He's protecting you. He's shielding you. And he's brought you to this place. And I'm reminded of what Job said 
in Job chapter 14, 7 through 9, when he said, For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. I tell you, things may seem like they're cut down and dead, but it's set at the scent of water, and that water is, is the living water, Jesus. At the scent of water, that which looked dead shall come back to life. This morning, God has his hand on you. His power is protecting you. And he will continually do so. He's protecting you. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we thank you. That Lord, we thank you for your keeping power. We thank you, Lord, as But as Jeremiah said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, we profess this morning that it's you that have kept us. It's you that have protected us, that has guarded us. You are the one that keeps us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your keeping power. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This altar call this morning, if you need the Lord to strengthen your faith, you've been going through it and you just need the Lord to strengthen you, I just want you to come right now.